Hello, and welcome to another week on the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your one and only podcast for talking about all the ways that decade dances go wrong at Mystic Falls High throughout history. My name is Claire, and I'm joined by my co-host Beth, and we are here to discuss Season 3, Episode 20, Do Not Go Gentle. And gentle they did not go. A lot of shit went down this episode, per usual, but even more so this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew last week when they were getting ready for the decade dance that something good was coming up because I couldn't remember exactly how this went down, but I knew I had a memory of Bonnie being in a crypt dressed as a flapper and that meaning something really dramatic was happening. (laughs) That was like one of my big season three memories. Yes, uh, it's so iconic. There were a lot of scenes like in this episode that will be burned into my mind as well. That is definitely one of them. The one that we have like the Mystic Falls, Virginia album cover um in the graveyard Uh, that's another one that is really seared into my mind as well but there's a ton of like really important moments in this episode for sure yeah and we start off amazingly with uh our favorite artiste klaus at it again exploring a new painting yes No more sketching. He's progressed to abstract expressionism. Right. I always get confused between his art collection and his own art. So, yes, he is painting. Yes, he's a regular Jack Klaus Pollock. (laughs) Jack Klaus. And it's a very moody painting with uh, lots of, like, smudgy black and brown. And, you know, he's an emo guy, so it makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And he seems to have paused at a good moment because Rebecca seemingly walks (laughs) in and he's like, oh, hello, then Rebecca. And she's like, all right, I got (laughs) I got this steak. (laughs) I don't know why I'm diving into my accent so early in the episode. It's It's been it's been a long week. Um, But yeah, Klaus takes the steak and just like promptly lights it on fire. It's like not even a second out of Rebecca's hand before it's just burnt to smithereens. Yeah, and it kind of like set aflame very dramatically considering it was a fake steak. <laughs> yes, it did. I enjoyed uh, Claire Holt's performance as Rebester. Rebester, yes. You could tell like it's a little bit her voice is a little bit different. Her mannerisms are a little bit different. Just like her face even looked different. Just like the way yeah. she was holding it somehow. Good job. You brought yes, glory to the name of Claire. <laughs> glory to Claire H's everywhere. But yes, she pretends that she had to do some convincing to get it from a lark. But hey, here mm-hmm. it is. We're safe now. Nothing can get us. And Klaus is like, sweet. Uh, so we're going to go then. I'm going to grab the doppelganger and we're going to get out of town. And then I was confused for a second because she's like, wait, what the decade dance is tonight. And I was like, oh, did she turn back to Rebecca at some point? Because Rebecca cares about the dance, but right. why disaster? I know. It was confusing for me for a second, too, because I was like, I like kind of forgot for a second. I was like, oh, of course. like Because I think Rebecca says here, or Rebester says, I'm on the committee like I have to be like there as like part of the dance um and Klaus is like oh all right then um so we have kind of our setup for the episode and we see that Esther has a lot of plans so it's a good thing that they stick around or maybe not 
It's another family resemblance thing. It's a decade dance, and uh, like her son before her, Esther is possessing somebody else's body and planning shenanigans for our gang. Yes. <laughs> Just like back when there was a Larklaus uh, dedicating songs to Elena. Wow, good times. Good times all around. <laughs> yes. And uh, Robester makes some comment like, oh, Caroline's going to be there. And Klaus is like, I don't care about Caroline. I don't I Caroline. Yes. So we pause on Klaus and Robester's discussion and hop over to our pal Damon, who's looking quite moody this episode. He's wearing like a black t-shirt and like black leather jacket in every scene that we see him. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has picked up the phone and given Alaric a call. So Alaric answers and he's like, Damon's like, so like, what's going on here? Like, where's the steak? And Alaric tells Damon that he woke up alone in the cave and he guesses that he must have given the steak to Rebecca because now he can't find it, but he keeps blacking out. So he can't like remember exactly what happened. So Damon like looks a little bit concerned and Alaric's all like, listen, I'm just going to need to like get out of town and get somewhere safe because I keep blacking out and I don't want to like hurt anybody um, or attack anyone while I'm being evil Alaric or evil Alaric. (laughs) So they kind of have this discussion. And as they're ending the phone call, we see that Rebester is standing right there. So it was it was all a trick. This I was shocked so many times this episode. (laughs) Like this was the first one that I was just like, no. Yeah. uh Damon is suspicious and weirdly doesn't bring up like, oh, well, if you aren't safe and you're blacking out, let's put you back in the dungeon. Uh, mm-hmm. He's just like, uh, are you sure that's a good idea, bro? And he's like, oh, I got plenty of magic weed. Don't worry about it. Bye. Oh, right. Yep. Bonnie's herbs. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and he hangs up and Drabester is like, oh, such a cunning liar. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then we have a good uh, good burn uh, from Alaric, and he's like, listen, David is so arrogant that he would never think that his only friend would betray him. I was like, oh, shit. You evil Alaric David. is evil. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And Robester also has some shade. Uh, she's like, oh, yes, and it was only too easy to convince Klaus to go to the dance for his beloved Rebecca. Oh, yeah. I realized I almost just said Caroline instead of Rebecca. And in our last episode, I definitely did say, or two episodes ago from now, because we haven't posted the last one yet. There was definitely a time that I said Caroline instead of Rebecca, and we didn't even notice. Don't worry. It happens to the best of us. I get the blondes mixed up, okay? (laughs) I have blonde lady face blindness. That's okay. (laughs) So they're surrounded by all of the coffins, which, where have the coffins been this whole time? I don't know. I was thinking about that because we have a scene later where Klaus, Klaus is standing all around them again. And I was like, have they just been in the house of Klaus in like a secret room that nobody was hanging out in? I guess they spent enough time in the coffins that they don't really want to be near them for a while. Yeah. But we see that uh, Esther's body is in one of the coffins and Robuster is like... I'm not going to give you this steak, the real steak, because we were smart, unlike the other guys, and just made a fake steak to trick Klaus, and it was super easy. 
Yeah. Just like they should have in whatever episode that was a million years ago, it feels like. Uh, But she says that she'll give it to Alaric once she's out of her daughter's body that can be killed by said stake. And to do that, she has Alaric dagger Rebecca. Yes. I'm like, poor Rebecca cannot catch a break. How many times has she been daggered, like, in this season alone? I know. And, like, they always do it so violently, which, I mean, I know that there's not really a gentle way to, like, dagger somebody, but, like, Alaric just did it, like, so fast. If I, like, I had to rewind just to double check to make sure that he wasn't actually, like, attacking Esther and, like, all of this evil plan was going to be over. But... Yeah, daggered her, he did. He just knew this episode was called Do Not Go Gentle, so he did nothing gently. (laughs) Yep. Uh, But Esther wakes up in her regular body, R.I.P. Rebester. I liked saying your fake name. And they're ready to fuck some shit up. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we get our title card. So we have a lot um, in position for this episode. Yeah, it's been like two minutes and a lot has already happened. <laughs> I know. Two minutes on the show, ten minutes on the podcast, right on right on schedule here. <laughs> <laughs> so after the title card, uh, we get one of our favorite kind of scenes, a high school scene, um, where Caroline and Elena are hanging out and they're prepping and decorating um, for the dance and just kind of like catching up. So... Of course, Jeremy and Matt are also there. Um, So we kind of like see them helping out in the background and things like that. And Elena mentions to Caroline that Matt got Jeremy back his job at the grill. So things are really looking on the up and up for Jeremy. I feel like Matt just owns the grill now. You never see anybody else working there. That's true. I hope he does. It just passed to his hands because he's the only one left. (laughs) He's like the he was like the 18th in line to take ownership of the grill. <laughs> oh man, what if this was like a Richard the Third thing the whole time, and Matt's been this mastermind, and all he's wanted is to own this restaurant? Oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> Theories. I love it, but I really appreciated that Caroline has just jumped back into being in charge now that Rebecca's missing, and yes, she is very mad still that it's the 20s instead of the 70s. And she calls this chandelier thing a monstrosity, I think. And I'm like, it's just a nice looking chandelier. Like, it's obviously like a cheap party version, but there's something wrong with it. (laughs) And then she yells at Matt and Jeremy that they're not hanging the stars correctly. They're supposed to trickle down. You can't just hang them like that. Yes, they're supposed to be trickling down and they're just trying to hang them up all willy nilly. That's what happens when you give an important job to Matt and Jeremy. I'm just saying. I know. If you want something done right, do it yourself. Yep. So the bros are broing out. The girls are gal palling it up. And Caroline asks Elena who she's going to take to the dance. Yeah. And Elena says, I thought you, me, and Bonnie were going as girl dates. And I was like, that would be better. Why didn't you do that? That would be way better. You could have worn lesbian friend necklaces. I know. But alas, Bonnie was already going with Jamie. Apparently he called her to like check in or something. And then she decided to ask him. So Bonnie was spoken for. 
Jamie is really chill about hanging out with vampires this week. I was noticing because wasn't the last time we saw him when Abby attacked him. Yeah, and he was like all flinchy before that even happened. And then after it happened, I assumed that he would have like doubled down on his fear or like weariness of vampires. Yeah, it's wild. But I do appreciate that he gets that Bonnie is a top class lady and he's willing to travel from North Carolina just to go to this dance with her. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot how far away he lived. That's and he right. He can't zoom. Wow, what a world. Imagine, yeah, going that far to go to that dance. I mean, I would if Bonnie asked me to go to the dance. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But unfortunately, like, Caroline is really pushing for Elena to invite Stefan and go with Stefan. Caroline reveals herself as a major Delena shipper. We had a rose last week to give the Delena argument, and now Caroline is giving the counterpoint. She's like, Stefan is your epic love, and I'm not going to give up on it so easily. I'm like, worry about your own romance, Caroline. I know, right? You've got enough going on with Tyler. Like, I don't know if we need your tips here, lady. I mean, I guess yep. when the alternative is that her one of her best friends is going to date her abuser, possibly, uh, oh, she would yeah. have opinions. But the show doesn't really want to acknowledge that right now. So I think that's just me giving her motivations that were not written in there. I like that idea of like that motivation because it makes more sense than just her random what seems in the show her random like push for Stefan and Elena to go to the dance together. Yeah. This conversation is cute though. Like <laughs> Elena says something like, I can't ask him on a date. I just meet out with his brother. <laughs> and Caroline makes some quip about the bachelor and how it's now Stefan's turn since she had her thing with Damon. Yes. <laughs> I enjoyed them in this scene. Yeah, it was a good one. I love I love the high school scenes where they're just get to be like kids and we don't get that many of them. Yeah. And this was a very high school heavy episode. Yes. One of many great things about it. So Elena does actually call Stefan. So I was surprised because at the end of that conversation, I was like, she's not calling Stefan. But she does. And of course, Stefan answers the phone. He's like, are you all right? And I'm just like rolling my eyes like, <laughs> yes, can't. Can't a girl call you? God. But, you know, Elena's like, hey, Stefan, listen, I know that, like, we're at a weird place and we've had a lot going on, but would you like to go to the dance with me? And Stefan is like, I would love that. (laughs) I really enjoyed that Elena's memories picture frame was prominently displayed at the beginning of this scene. Oh, my God. I didn't notice. (laughs) I I don't remember it saying memories in such big letters (laughs) but i was like oh she's having memories of her relationship how cute dropping the subtle hints yep and (laughs) damon of course has overheard stefan's side of this conversation and he has vampire hearing so he probably heard elena too right and he makes some quip like oh uh corsages don't stab elena in the boob (laughs) it was so weird it was very weird, but there's a little bit of tension between the bros in this moment. Indeed, indeed. And then we go to a slightly less romantic setting, um, and we go to the Mystic Falls emergency room, and we see that Meredith Fell is there, and she's 
presumably working, looking for new ways to violate her oath of uh, (laughs) doctorhood or whatever. Um, And yeah, like, Damon's kind of like creeping around in there. So we have like a moment where like someone's like zooming by and she's like, "Ooh, what is that? But then Damon reveals himself and he says that he's there for some medical advice. (laughs) Yes, he has a jar of the magic weed and he's like, so Alaric's not taking his meds. And apparently I need a doctor to help me with that. And here I was. Yeah. Uh, personally, I had hoped that Meredith fell off the face of the earth, but <laughs> I know. <laughs> nope, she's back. Uh, I had almost forgotten she existed. I know. She wasn't in last episode, and maybe not the I one I think before. it's the last couple, yeah, she's been yeah. gone. But she's back yeah. and making her concerned face, as always. <laughs> her one acting face. Yeah. <laughs> And I think we leave them there to go into the forest slash cemetery slash forest cemetery where we see the Salvatore family crypt or tomb or whatever. What do you call a structure with one family's name on it in a cemetery? Is it a mausoleum? It might be. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Writers, listeners, (laughs) write to us if you know what this is called. (laughs) You don't have to be a writer. Give us the death formation. <laughs> yes. So Alaric and Esther are having a casual walk through the woods. Um, they stumble upon the favorite graveyard, of course. And Esther just like drops this bomb that this very ground that they're standing on in the graveyard is where her son ripped open her chest And now apparently it's like some sort of like magical place because I don't know, because it was so fucked up that that happened, that there's like a lot of power there or something. Yeah, she she has some stupid witch explanation for it. (laughs) Yeah. Like the violence of my death. And it's kind of suggested that this is a hot spot in the same way that the witch house was or the, the site house, of where yeah. the the thousand witches were burned hundred however many <laughs> zeros were after that one um and i'm like a hundred dead witches equals one dead esther nah uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. yeah no but was it klaus that ripped her heart out yeah yeah as we learned from the runes oh so many years uh, ago i can't keep it straight i can't keep this lore straight it was literally years ago from our perspective okay I don't feel so bad now. I was yeah. like, that sounds like a class move, but it could have been Phil. <laughs> and I just think it's such a wonderful coincidence that Esther was murdered on the site of the future Salvatore family cryptum mausoleum. Right. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I was just like, oh, of course. It's convenient. <laughs> yes. Ugh. But yeah, she, this like whole scene turns into a very like, fantasy heavy like game of thronesy type thing with like the way that they portray esther's magic it Uh seems it's different from how the show usually feel like the vibe is different i think yeah i feel like we don't have maybe it's because she's like a super witch or like a really old witch or something but she was even like it sounded like she was speaking like a different spell language because usually mm-hmm. in the subtitles it says like chanting in Latin or something. Yeah. And the subtitle said like murmuring a foreign language or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. But, but even yeah. like the background music was kind of weird. 
but basically she's like, yo, I need your goddess ring. And he's like, but it protects me. And she's like, but it'll make a super weapon because the stakes set on fire when they kill an original and we only have one. And I got four kids left out there and they all need to die. So I'm going to melt down your goddess ring into a, a liquid and dip the steak in it like it's an ice cream cone and that's some hot fudge <laughs> running down and it solidifies into this like metal steak yeah she says an ultimate weapon for an ultimate vampire hunter or something like that <laughs> yeah she does it was very like it was like a video game intro I it felt was like. yeah and like the way that the ring melted was so cheesy like he put it in there it was like click 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 and then all of a sudden it was just like boiling and it wasn't even thick it looked like water like i don't know what the special effects were happening here but it was it was a gaudy ass portrayal for the gaudy ass ring <laughs> what was that ring made out of what's the uh melting point of various silvery metals it was made of the substance that you, of rings that you get in like those I don't know, like those gumball machines yes. where you can put in like a nickel or something you and get, you get like it the in plastic a tiny egg plastic. or whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. That Just is the smell the Gilbert of that legacy. ring melting. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it looks all like cool and weapony now, I guess. Yeah. Very fancy. But also, I have to say, rest in peace, R.I.P. to our favorite prop, LRX Scotty Ring. It was nice know. to know you. At least Jeremy still has one. It was probably the most frequently mentioned prop at this point. Yeah. Because all of the other characters stopped talking about, like, their gaudy-ass jewelry and, like, mm -hmm. their vervain pouches and whatever the hell else. But Alaric's always taken on and off his ring. I feel like for the past eight episodes, we've seen a lot of that damn thing. So It just was, you know, getting its kicks while it could. <laughs> So while that's going down, everybody is now getting ready for the dance, I guess. And we see Elena putting on the finishing touch of her flapper headband. And she's got a nice white dress. It looks good yeah. on her. You can kind of see that she has a white bodysuit on underneath it. So it's like yeah. partially sheer. She looks good. I liked it. I said that. I said I was thinking that it reminded me almost of like a wedding dress or something. Yeah. With like how lacy it was. Um, but because it yeah, was short, she it didn't look it too well. uh, yeah. wedding-y. And she has yeah. her hair up for this whole episode, which is unusual for her, but I kept noticing how nice her face looked. Yeah, I really liked her style this episode. I, I thought that she looked different, but I think you're right. It's that her hair was, like, pulled back. I just suddenly identify with all the old people who are always saying, get your hair out of your face. It hides your pretty <laughs> eyes, dear. <laughs> But yes, she's looking fly. She's ready for her date. And Stefan arrives. And I don't really think there was anything very 20s about his outfit. Did you? No, he's just wearing a suit. And with and a weird was, tie. Yeah, like the tie was like a bright, like kind of like floral something or other, I think. like a, Yeah, it was like red Like an something abstract pattern. flower with like red and blue. Um yeah, I didn't think he looked that 20s. And he also brought Elena an extremely small corsage. It was the tiniest corsage. <laughs> it was a boutonniere. It was. <laughs> and he put it right on her boob. 
He did. He did not listen to Damon's advice. Uh, I mean, and it was cute, but it just like it. It was weird. It was, and corsages are supposed to go on the wrist. Yes. Yeah, I think that you can put them on the boob, but <laughs> I don't know. I always wore mine on my wrist. The one time that I had one, which I have already shared on our Instagram back when it was homecoming, <laughs> uh, it went on my wrist. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I said I always wear mine. <laughs> How many dances you know, did you go to? Every Saturday, Mike rolls in with his corsage. <laughs> Oh my god. I wish that was true. <laughs> Me too. God. Keeping the florist in business single handedly. Yes, keeping the romance alive. Oh my gosh. I think wow. I've had three corsages, so not all the corsages like I originally made it seem. <laughs> if you ever do like a vow renewal or something, you need to get a vervain corsage. Oh, absolutely. And a wolfsbane boutonniere. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm just planning it for you now. Sign me up. Tell me a day and time. I will be there. That's my new career. I'm a party planner, but only for nerd-themed events. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, Stefan's there. He gave Elena the boutonniere, and then they start kind of quipping about how they have a bad history of uh, attending dances together. Uh, yes, and this is my one very brief uh, Buffy segue of the episode that Decade Dances are to the Vampire Diaries what Buffy's birthday is to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, okay. Something always goes terribly wrong. <laughs> Some shit goes down. Some shit goes down. <laughs> there were zombies once. Angel turned evil once. Uh, oh, wow. All kinds of wild stuff. They all got trapped in the house by a vengeance demon once. It's never a good time. Wow, can't catch a break on her birthday. Nope. Sorry, Buffy. But they are ready to go to the damn dance. And we see that instead of hanging a 20s-style chandelier, Caroline has hung a disco ball from the 1920s decade dance. (laughs) Yes, she got her theme in there somehow. Oh, man. She's like, I already put the deposit on this disco ball. Like, we're going to use it. I don't care about (laughs) historical accuracy, okay? Yes. And also, I don't care that my dress is hideous. Yeah, it wasn't her best one. Bonnie and Elena look so great in their dresses, and they put Caroline in this horrible, like, red... It looks like a cheerleader uniform with fringe. It's like it red does. spaghetti straps and is really unflattering. Yeah. And like her and head styling good. looks good, but yeah, it's just, it looks cheap. Yeah. It looks more like a costume and Elena and Bonnie's look like actual dresses. Yeah. I was mad on Caroline's behalf. Give her better clothes. <laughs> Maybe it was her way of saying, fuck this theme. I'm going to wear the ugliest version of a 20s dress just to spite Rebecca. I could totally see Caroline doing that. <laughs> Another funny thing that happens is Caroline is also kind of directing Matt um, on where to like refill the ice <laughs> and things like that. So he's still there doing small tasks. He's a manservant. Yes. I love that for him. <laughs> and then they get into like a little bit of a discussion. So like Caroline 
is like, Matt, like, I've been noticing that you've been like hanging out with us a lot. Like you've been spending a lot of time with Elena. Um, and I just want to remind you that like, she's already spoken for. And Matt's like, oh, I just like want to, you know, be there for my friend. And Caroline kind of gives this weird warning. And she's like, listen, I just want to tell you this because people who love Elena, like often get cropped get caught up in like the crossfire of being around her and I thought that was like super weird I've been getting like some vibes from Matt but not super strong ones um but I thought it was like a weird time for Caroline to bring it up it was this whole thing was so awkward and this is the first of multiple times that Caroline kind of breaks the fourth wall and is like explaining how protagonists work (laughs) she's like (laughs) the people closest to Elena end up getting hurt yes because she's the protagonist of a supernatural show Right. And later she says something like, Elena always manages to get out of these things okay. And I'm like, yeah, it's because she's the protagonist of the show. (laughs) Right. Thank you, Caroline. Right. (laughs) But yeah, it's a weird little moment. And Matt's just like, okay, whatever. I'm I'm wearing a a Newsies hat for some reason. Why were Matt and Jamie dressed exactly the same? (laughs) I don't know. Did they coordinate? Are they BFFs now? They had a lot to catch up on after Jamie's long drive from North Carolina. (laughs) Maybe Matt went and picked him up and drove him all the way back. (laughs) But an even worse hat arrives because we see Tyler walk in and of course he's wearing like a fedora. And is it a plastic one? Oh, I didn't. I need to go back and look. It looks so tacky that I wasn't sure if it was like a fake like party hat fedora or an actual fedora but either way it was hideous i mean it definitely looked like it came from party city but i didn't notice what it was made out of (laughs) go back to party city where you belong tyler yes uh and matt spots him and he's like what is he doing here and i was so confused for him and i was like wait why is it not okay that tyler's here are he and matt fighting oh no because of the klaus thing it's like that has become so back burner that it doesn't even register to me I know. Yeah, it was. I thought the same thing because I thought that because remember Matt and Caroline had a thing, right? They did many moons ago. Yes, of course. So then I was like, (laughs) I was like, wait, why is he jealous? I thought like they were over that. But then I came to the realization, too, that he was surprised that Tyler would show up where Klaus is going to be. Yeah. And I mean, bless his heart. Tyler has my favorite line of the episode here even though he's being a complete douche again. Uh, He's like, look, who cares if Klaus sees me? What's he going to do? Draw you another picture? (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. So good. He's still so mad about the horse drawing. So unreasonably mad. Oh my my gosh. It makes no sense. It is really stupid. And he (laughs) he says something like, I'm not going to like stay away when he's macking all over you. Oh my god. I was like, that's not a phrase. Like, macking on you, sure, but macking all over you makes it sound really gross. It does. And also, like, that's not even what's happening. He's still blown everything out of proportion after seeing the horse picture. So he's here to bring his, like, fake protective bullshit into Caroline's sphere, which is annoying. But nevertheless, she seems happy to see him. Well, because he's like... I might be jealous, but I'm also competitive, so I'm going to dance with you now. Yeah. And she's like, oh, sweet. So then we have another couple dancing, um, Elena and Stefan. 
Stefan looks over at Bonnie dancing with Jamie and says, oh, Bonnie seems happy. And I'm like, oh, no, that's an ill portent. Bonnie can't be happy without something terrible immediately happening to her. Right. I know. (laughs) And then there's just this really awkward thing where he's like, oh, I should talk to her and, like, apologize for her mom. And Elena's like, yeah, you should. But she's not going to forgive you. I'm like, damn, Elena. (laughs) Tell her. I know. Uh... But it's like, how many weeks has it been since... Damon turned Abby, and neither of the Salvatores have even spoken to her about it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you guys. I know. Yeah, neither of them have. Only Damon's, like, made rude jokes about, like, sending the family a lasagna, and shit has only gotten worse since then. <laughs> and that wasn't even too Bonnie. That was too Elena. Right. Ugh. Good lord. But it's Bonnie. Like, nobody cares about her. It's terrible. Bonnie yeah. and Rebecca should be best friends because nobody ever cares about either of them, even though they're the best. Yeah, that's true. I feel like they could be. Hmm. They're my new OTP. I like it. <laughs> Elena and Stefan are having like a romantic dance and all of a sudden, like Damon barges in, like looking all moody, wearing his black leather jacket. And he's like, the three of us need to talk. Mm-hmm. So they kind of slowly file out of the gym and Jeremy catches their eye and he starts following them as well. And of course his ungrateful ass, ungraceful, but also ungrateful, (laughs) his ungraceful ass bumps into Bonnie and they're all like, Oh, hi, hi. Like, uh, I didn't know like you were back or whatever the hell it was awkward. And Mm -hmm. Jamie says, says that it's awkward. Yes. Thank you, Jamie. Yep. And Bonnie's like, uh, why the fuck are you wearing your ring? Did Elena not tell you what happens oh, when you wear that ring? And that's right. In the most Jeremy voice of all Jeremy voice lines, he says, when my sister stops hanging out with vampires, I'll stop wearing the ring. I'm like, so you're just chill becoming, potentially becoming a serial killer and like murdering everybody's family? <laughs> because he is. Because you caught Elena and Damon making out by a vending machine? <laughs> like, that's where you're at right now, Jeremy? Uh, I guess so. We we know that he's not the sharpest tool in the shed, so... He's been gone for a while, so him? he has all this douchery, like, that's been kept inside him. He's all blocked up, so he has to let it spew all over the place <laughs> this week. Oh, Sorry, that was a disgusting say, image. <laughs> don't say Jeremy's blocked up. <laughs> uh, but anyway. So, yeah... <laughs> they're having their little like conference out outside in front of the school and <sighs> Damon's telling the crew that Alaric as they know it is gone. But how does Damon know this? Is Damon not the one who tells them? I'm confused here. Yeah, Damon has taken a hard turn because <sighs> it's really hard to like parse what exactly happened and like what the status of everything is because i think basically what happened was like they had the alaric thing under control when they had him in the dungeon but then robester took him out to the tomb and he was able to like Mm -hmm. wild out and now he's just like permanently evil alaric yeah like he died enough times finally that the dark side just took over but they never really make it super clear so i think I just chose to accept that Damon is correct and good Alaric is gone. He's been completely subsumed by his... Okay. Not doppelganger, but you know what I mean. His dark side. 
His dark side, yeah. Doppelganger is a whole other thing. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, look, there's nothing we can do. Alaric's gone. We just got to kill that bitch. Yeah. And Jeremy is very shocked and offended like that by that. Mm-hmm. He says, we can't kill Alaric. We can't kill Rick. And then he like runs away like immediately. Yeah. Jeremy. Yeah, and Elena, like, chases him down and, like, tries to feel better. She's like, listen, nobody's going to, like, be hurting Alaric, which, all right, we'll see. <laughs> and, of course, Esther, being a part of the Michael Michelson family, has been a uh, Tony wondering over in some corner waiting for somebody to mention Alaric so she can make her a creepy entrance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, perfect timing. She says something like, oh, if... If you care about your friend Alaric, if you want to help Alaric, you'll come with me. And it's like, oh, you're alive. Okay, cool. Yep. What's up, girl? Hey, Esther. <laughs> and Elena is just like, Jeremy, go get my boyfriends and I'll deal with this clown. Okay. Yes. And then we find out um, that Stefan and Damon are actually stuck. So when they... Jeremy goes to get them. They, like, try and leave the school premises, but they can't move past a certain point. Um, And Stefan explains that it's related to a spell that Esther's running. Um, It's part of, like, the binding agent. And there's also, like, the salt layer, like, around the school. Is there at this point? Yeah. is that around the tomb? Now I'm getting confused where my salt's at. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like when they were initially trying to sacrifice phil she had that pentagram made of salt oh so it's like a barrier so apparently Mm -hmm. she spent like 20 minutes walking around the school with like a giant morton's like salt shaker and just put put it in a circle all around the outside of the school it's huge you're right it has to be so huge and it was a really thick like salt layer there was like a big pile of it at one point and i was like man yeah. did she have like the like a 55 gallon drum or something probably more yeah it was like a huge like molehill of salt she must be swole oh no i bet she had one of those things that like draws the lines on baseball fields <laughs> yes just doing a whole line of salt around the thing i want to see the deleted scene Yes, she went and got it from the field house near the football. Uh, I would like to see the field. logistics of this silly magic. <laughs> but yes, uh, they are yes. trapped. They cannot They're cross stuck. the salt line. And back inside the school, Bonnie's finally like having a nice moment that has nothing to do with like any of the bullshit that's going on. She and Jamie have wandered into an empty classroom to be cute yeah. and flirt with each other. Yeah, they're flirting. They're having a good time. He does say, oh, this terrible exchange just happened where they're talking about, oh, like, your friends seem cool, but they're all super weird, like, with all the magic stuff. And I'm just a normal guy. And Bonnie says, a normal guy wouldn't have said yes to a date with me. Excuse me. Why not? Right. And Jamie says, you're right. I'm like, no. No, Anybody would say yes to a date with Bonnie. She's a hot witch. I know. Gosh. What the hell? That's like the dream. I know. God. Yeah. That whole exchange made no sense. Like, who, like, what were they trying to say that, like, 
a normal person wouldn't want to get like involved with like supernatural stuff or like I guess I I mean I guess she is constantly getting dragged into other people's bullshit rituals and stuff but it was just a really weird way of putting it yeah but like nobody knows that like when you first start dating I don't know it was just weird but yeah bummer but then they start making out which makes more sense of course in the moment they're only yeah they're only making out for like two seconds before damon has another barge in and he's like uh we have a problem i accidentally wrote a poem in my notes i'm just noticing oh please recite i wrote make out a clock damon cock block (laughs) (laughs) that's beautiful but he's like you need to come do some magic for me because that's all anybody cares about with you. I know. And it's like every day they need Bonnie to do something. They need her to like grow magical herbs to help Alaric. They need her to sacrifice her mom for Elena's life. They need her like to go to Klaus's house and do the unbinding spell. Like every single episode. I feel like this whole season they've had her do like some sort of like super intense emotional like laborious task and it sucks. Can't a girl get laid around here? My god. Just give her right? 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm sure that's all Jamie needs. No offense, but he's a teenager. Yeah, I don't think it's going even even that long. <laughs> anyway, enough about uh, the sexual sna- stamina of children. Uh, we see that Elena has been brought to the site of Esther's death and for some reason she takes off her headband very dramatically I noticed and like shakes her hair out a little bit and I'm like oh now stuff's serious the headband has come off yeah we're getting down to business now and evil Arik makes a dramatic entrance and is like Esther isn't doing anything to me I am here to be harder better faster stronger yeah and we also have Esther like explaining to us and I guess to Elena why she's there because she's like yes the doppelganger blood is a potent binding agent um so we need you for the spell Yes, she says she's going to use the dark magic one last time to make the ultimate vampire hunter, just like she did with Michael. Oh. Like, she just made him a vampire. She didn't make him a vampire hunter. That was his own baggage, but whatever. Right. Basically, she's saying that she's going to make him an original vampire. Yeah. Which is weird. It's weird that they refer to him as being an original vampire in this scenario, because, like, the original part of it is kind of about, like, where they fall in the timeline. But I think what they're trying to express is that he would have the powers of an original. But why? Because the originals didn't start out that powerful, did they? They did. I thought that their power came from the fact that they were so old. I don't think they ever explain it, but I feel like they probably have always been able to compel other vampires, which is the main difference. Yeah, and they can only be that killed sense. by the special white oak stakes. Yeah. So that probably is true if Valaric becomes this flavor of vampire. Okay. Again, it's like we're left to guess a lot because this plot line is going to move so fast that by the time we figure out what's going on, it'll already be like <laughs> three more <laughs> plot twists have happened. <laughs> yes. So we're not supposed so to be true. thinking about it too hard. You're right. You're right. 
But yeah, uh, Esther explains, well, because Esther says that he's not going to be an asshole like Michael because he has the purity of his hatred for vampires that has totally like come to the surface. And that's his whole deal as evil Arik. And that secretly, every time he died, <laughs> the whole time that he was asleep, she was like sliding into his DMs on the other side and like... <laughs> <laughs> like stoking the flames of his hatred and like basically every time that Alaric died he got sucked into like a YouTube algorithm of QAnon videos basically is how I imagine yes. this went down yeah so Esther is I... Q mm-hmm. wow it's all starting to make sense now yeah because Elena's like oh I know him better than you do she's like oh no I've been having some chats with your fake dad right yeah, she, I like had it like pictured in my head like a lark just like laying passed out in like a totally like white room like somewhere in like weird vampire purgatory witch purgatory, and Esther's just like talking shit about vampires like in his ears like remember when Jenna died remember when Isabel like you know and just going going yeah. for it, and now you hang out and drink and do other things off screen with the vampire who turned Isabel into a vampire. Wow. Yeah. So apparently that is what has created evil Arik, which is saying that like this evil alter ego ego as Alaric mentioned, I think last week is him. Like all of it yeah. comes from him, which right. again is why it feels like a QAnon thing to me. It's like, <laughs> Slipping into the one vulnerable place and just, like, totally fucking somebody's brain up. Yeah. Staying there forever. Yeah. So that's a bummer. It is. And over at the dance, we have another bummer because Caroline and Tyler are dancing. Mm. Um, I just fucking hate Tyler. I'm sorry. (laughs) But yeah, they're dancing. um, But then Klaus arrives and he walks up to... Like, where Caroline and Tyler are dancing, and he looks, like, super surprised to see Tyler. He's like, oi, where have you been, mate? And Tyler's like, oh, I don't know, what is he? Give some excuse about, like, going out of town or something like that. And Klaus is like, I didn't give you permission to leave. And then he demands a dance with Caroline, pretty much. Um, Mm -hmm. This is, like, a tense moment, because we're not sure if Tyler is going to, like, try and, like, prove that he's not sired anymore or if he actually is still sired and he's like making this decision of his own free will or not or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, but either way Tyler steps aside and kind of like opens up the possibility for Klaus to dance with Caroline um, which she does. Caroline could say no I know that was I was like waiting for her to say no I was but she didn't. Well he said oh come on Caroline I won't bite I'm like, oh, that's a, a that takes on a different meaning when it's Klaus, because if he bit her, she would die. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But for plot reasons, she needs to dance with him. Yeah. And she does get a quip about like, ugh, why do you have to be the alpha male? And he's like, I don't have to try. I am the alpha male. Oh, my God. We get I it. Know. Yeah. And then he like starts going on one of his like super weird like. <laughs> poetic rants he's like caroline you would have loved the 1920s like everyone was fucked up all the time 
<laughs> what? Like <laughs> the ladies danced until they literally dropped. And not just because I probably drank all their blood. <laughs> right. Yeah, he says she would have loved the 1920s because the women were so sexy and reckless. I was like, why is that a selling point for Caroline? I know. I know. Sounds like a selling point for Klaus. <clears throat> yeah. But he, again, is like making these grand speeches of like the great romance that he has built in his head for himself and Caroline based on literally nothing. Yeah. He's like... Oh, you should be nice to me. I'm leaving town. I'd ask you to come with, but you're not ready yet. But you will someday. You'll come and find me and I'll show you great cities and genuine beauty. <laughs> genuine beauty. He basically sings a whole new world to her and she's like, okay, cool story. Yeah. And she like clearly is not having it. Um I guess decides that his speech is over because he kind of like starts winding down a little bit, but he does say one thing and he's like, listen, I'll offer you this small town boy, small town life, and you won't be satisfied with it. It won't be enough for you. Um, which I feel like is the truest thing that Klaus has said, because I hope (laughs) way more for Caroline, um, than like living in mystic falls with Tyler. Yeah. Even if he is the mayor's son which will probably make him be mayor yes he will inherit the title whenever something happens to his mom (laughs) yes or maybe she'll abdicate (laughs) yeah although like the way he's talking about tyler in this moment is like as though tyler is a mat like just some random yeah football player guy and i'm like well you made him a hybrid so he's also immortal (laughs) like yeah, that's true. He has as much of a future of, like, traveling the world as Caroline does, so. And you did that to yourself, bro. But Caroline right. just, like, doesn't say anything. She just, like, looks confused. Which, fair enough. Like, why is this guy so convinced that he's the love of my life? We don't know each other. And he's evil. <laughs> right. I don't know her. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then someone tells Klaus that his mother's back, but I don't know who it is. Oh, yeah. He, like, wanders outside. I was like, did did I skip a scene in my notes? Oh, no. Uh, He wanders outside, and unlike the Salvatores, he doesn't, like, accidentally run into the pane of glass. Uh, He notices the salt, and he's like, what is this doing here? And Stefan's like, your mommy's back. Yes. Wow. Okay. That's right. And already they've gotten a bunch of candles from somewhere set up for <laughs> Bonnie to do some spells, some chanting to break the boundary so the vampires can get the hell out and rescue Elena. Yes. And they've got like a big crowd in there. So like Bonnie's like trying to do the spell, but you've got Stefan, Damon, Klaus, Jamie, Jeremy, and Matt, like all there in the hallway with her and just like oh god um pressure yeah and then jeremy has the brilliant idea of saying that like him and matt would be able to go through the threshold because they're not magical creatures and like save elena and alaric from esther he wants to steal the uh the ash of catherine 1864's profile pic again (laughs) to stop bonnie from doing a spell it's just like the good old days Right. Good mems. Yeah, but Stefan says, that would be suicide, Jeremy. And he's like, yeah, been there, tried that. Damn. Yep. 
He doesn't say that. I'm just thinking it. Memories. <laughs> uh, but then, like, Klaus thinks that body isn't moving fast enough, so he, like, grabs Jamie and starts, like, threatening his life so that Bonnie will, like, hurry up and finish the spell faster. It's like, maybe if you would all stop interrupting her, she could actually do this damn spell. I know. For fuck's sake. People are always, like, kidnapping her and forcing her to perform spells under duress and then constantly interrupting her while she's trying to do it. I know. She's every customer service person and they're every client. (laughs) Amen to that. But yeah, he's choking Jamie. Like, I'm going to kill everybody you fancy until you do this spell. Oh, that's right. But Stefan's like, she doesn't give a fuck about any of us. She just wants to help Caroline and Tyler. But if you start murdering everybody, she's just going to say fuck this and leave. I'm like, good point, Stefan. That is a good point. And so Klaus lets him go. And Bonnie has this look on her face like, I have fucking had it. I need to take a bath and not speak to anybody for six months. And I really hope that Bonnie gets that soon. Yes, I want that for her. But in the meantime, we go back and check on Elena and Alaric. um, And Esther is like in the background furiously lighting a ton of candles like in this (laughs) mausoleum thing. Um, And in this conversation, Elena's like trying to make like her final appeal to Alaric. So she's like, Rick, like, this isn't you. Like, you don't have to go through with this, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Elena, like, yes, it is me. Like, you don't understand. You only know, like, the weakest parts of me. Like, this this is who I am. I hate vampires. Like, Jenna's blood is on my hands. And Elena's like, don't, like, talk about Aunt Jenna, like, that way. Like, that's not true. And she's, like, trying to appeal to his, like, nice side, if you will. But Alaric is just, like, not having it. Yeah. And she's like, well, I'm not going to give you my blood for this ritual. You'll have to kill me. And I'm like, there's two of them and one of you. I Like, they can get your blood. Honey. I know. <laughs> but Esther has to do it in the most extra way possible. She, like, does a spell that seems to be, like, giving Elena a heart attack. I was like, she could, yeah. like, bring her blood, like, her blood through her skin out of her chest or something. But then That's she gets, like, thought. a big gash in her palm. <laughs> and I'm like, why was she clutching her chest this whole time? I know, it was a weird choice. There was really weird special effects of, like, her palms palms splitting open. That's where the money for the ring melting went. (laughs) All for, like, all for the palm scene. Oh, my God. I I did appreciate that even when it's, like, being done by an ancient powerful witch, somehow it's always the palm that gets cut for these things. Right, yes, exactly. And it, like, squirts, like, aggressively into, like, this silver bowl that's yeah. sitting on the altar that Esther has fashioned. And Alaric chugs that shit. Yeah, like, he doesn't even, like, look at it or hesitate for a second. He just, like, drinks it up. Just pretending it's whiskey. Yep. And then, like, moving quickly, like, Esther, like, immediately stabs him, like, right after he's done drinking the doppelganger blood. Yeah, because apparently this whole thing is, like, if he becomes a vampire by using the blood of the doppelganger, like, in the original spell that created vampires, that's what will make him an original vampire? I don't know. But he also has to die, just like uh, all of the Michelson kids got stabbed in the gut Mm -hmm. on that fateful night. And Elena's screaming, she's very upset, and I don't think Esther's going to heal her hand, so that sucks. (laughs) Yeah. 
Maybe she can drink some of Alaric's <laughs> blood now to heal. Whoa. A blood circle. <laughs> but speaking of blood circle, oh uh, back over at the high school. So now Bonnie, Damon, and Klaus have like moved into a classroom um, and separated out from the larger group. And Damon like tosses a blood a vial of Jeremy's blood over to Bonnie. Um and apparently she's going to like use it to find where Elena is with Esther because apparently they don't know. Yeah, they've given up on breaking the boundary. They just want to like find out where to send the sacrificial humans to yeah. <laughs> try to save the day. So luckily Bonnie has printed out like a blown up map quest uh <laughs> map of mystic falls she just like dumps all of jeremy's blood on it and it i was guess a like, lot of blood <laughs> it was i was like you just covered like the whole town square like right? how are you gonna know but her spell isn't working the blood's like kind of jiggling but it's not moving and she says esther's fighting me yeah. And Klaus jumps to some conclusions here it's just like with damon knowing that alaric is gone it's just like i know this fact and it doesn't need to make sense. He says, yeah. oh, she is, doesn't have that much power on her own. She must be drawing on something. And Bonnie says, a hot spot. Yeah. And Klaus knows exactly where to go. Yep. And uh, there is a moment somewhere in the scene where Damon brings up, or I don't know how it comes up, like, about the Abby thing. And... Damon is really dismissive. He says, I'm sorry, Elijah forced us to turn your mother into a vampire to save Elena's life. Oh, that's right. Yep. Like, good apology, Damon. And also, where's Elijah? Why isn't he here? I want to see his face. He would be a much needed person in this episode, I think. The only thing that can make it more exciting. (laughs) But yes, uh, now that they know where Elena is via klaus and his magical knowledge uh they send matt and jeremy out to take care of business the dream team they do but before we see how that turns out we have to have this really annoying emo scene between tyler and caroline although i think at first stefan's there too right yeah so like the dance is like winding up um or wind the (laughs) dance is winding down And, yeah, we see, like, Stefan and Caroline are, like, in there talking about Elena, um, of course. Oh, and, and Caroline's like, how could you let Matt and Jeremy go? They're going to die. <laughs> right. <laughs> Someone's right. like, we have no choice. Like, Bonnie's going to keep trying to break this boundary. But, like, who do you care more about, Matt and Jeremy or Elena? Like... <laughs> Fair enough question. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's revealed that Tyler is like moodily sitting up on the bleachers this whole time. Yes, that's right. What does he mm-hmm. say that's really dramatic? Yeah. So like they're talking about like the best case scenario would be like Elena lives and whatever. And Tyler is like, listen, maybe the best case scenario is where like Klaus gets killed and Everyone's like, dude, what the fuck? If Klaus gets killed, you're, like, in his bloodline. Like, you're gonna die. And he's like, well, like, I I hate Klaus. Like, I would like to see him dead. So. Yeah, he says, like, if we could find out for sure that you're not from Klaus's bloodline, then, yeah, we should let him die. Like, I don't care. 
And he like his big climax of his speech here is, I should have never let him dance with you. <laughs> I'm like, what? What? nothing even happened. They danced for like two seconds and then he left saying that he's going to leave town. Like, why are you so upset about this? Jesus Christ. He's like, I want to die because you danced with my enemy <laughs> at my best. Wow. I know. Oh, my God, Tyler. <laughs> Calm the fuck down. And then Caroline recognizes a hot mess when she sees one and she like walks up the bleachers and she's all like, the dance didn't mean anything. Like, I love you like so much, blah, blah, blah. And I think it's the first time she said I love you to Tyler. So he's very moved. Yeah, he does look a little bit surprised and happy. And they kiss. So I guess they're fine for now. Uh, (laughs) Okay, sure. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm really invested in that at this moment. Yes. But we hop back over to the tomb crypt Liam thingy and Alaric is lying on the ground and Elena's like pulling the stake out of his chest. Right. And she's very wow. upset. But Esther's like, listen, for plot reasons, he might be himself for a little bit, like, <laughs> d- before he fully transitions so you can say goodbye. And Elena's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And yeah, like Esther just like keeps dropping like all of these other details about like what's going to happen to Alaric. And she's like, because Elena's like, how could you be like so evil as to like create more vampires in this world? And Esther says that somehow Alaric's only going to have like enough power to complete the task of killing all of the original vampires and then he will die. So good to know. I will note, we will find out more about that later. <laughs> okay, good. That was one thing I did remember. I was like, all right, that's a thing. Gotcha. She put a timer on him. <laughs> yes, and then she also brings up Aunt Jenna, because, like, yeah. Elena's like, this is wrong. Like, this is really bad. You'll kill the good vampires with the bad ones. And Esther's like, vampires are terrible. They've done so many things to you. They killed you, Aunt Jenna. I'm like, you never met Aunt Jenna. Like, fuck off. Yeah, get Aunt Jenna's name out of your mouth, Esther. Right? Like, it was one thing when Evil Arik mentioned Aunt Jenna, because, like, he had a personal stake in that situation. So, sure. Fine. Right. But then <laughs> for Esther to say it and Elena's pissed, she's like, no, you do not get to talk to me about that. Like, fuck yes. you. And... Esther decides to share that Jenna is not on the other side being tormented because even though she became a vampire, she remained pure. So she got to find peace. Like the one thing that she did in like the literal two minutes that she was a vampire was murder Greta. So if that's remaining (laughs) pure, I don't know. I guess you do get one murder. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, not that Greta was much of a loss, but she was a witch. Esther should have been into that. Right. Although she was a witch helping Klaus, so she would probably see her as a traitor. Yeah. Wow, the decisions made and who's pure and who's not is very complicated. Mm-hmm. Esther is a piece of work. Yes. And, yeah, now that we, like, have all of this background information about what's going to happen to Alaric and we know that Aunt Jenna's living the good life up in vampire heaven, <laughs> um... <laughs> We hear it like a twig snap or something in the background and Esther is like, what is that? And she goes outside of the tomb thingy and you see Jeremy standing there with this like old timey rifle 
and Matt standing there with a crossbow. It's the and other way around. Oh, it is? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's appropriate because Matt has shot somebody with a gun before and Jeremy has attempted to shoot people with a crossbow before. Right. Okay. Gotcha. So Jeremy has the gun and Matt has the crossbow. No. <laughs> no? The other oh way. Oh, my God. Matt has a shotgun with, like, a sight on it and okay. Jeremy has the crossbow. Okay. Remember Sorry when Jeremy was taking crossbow lessons with Tyler in the woods that one time? I do. I do. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I said it wrong twice and I thought that I said a different thing the second time. But it again, it has been a long week. Oh, oh boy. But the moral of the story is they're both pointing weapons at Esther and she's like, oh, you sweet yes. son of children. Oh, and my God. She uses magic to make them point their weapons at each other. I'm like, yes, do it. I loved this part. I was like, holy shit. Oh, my God. Is it going to happen? They're like, I can't put it down. Dude, put down the crossbow. I can't. Yep. And Elena's screaming for her to stop. And we're like, yeah, are we going to kill off these two terrible men right now? I'm into it. But then suddenly, out of nowhere, Alaric has woken up and uses the super stake to stab Esther and he like twists it around and like breaks her back or something like there's a lot of crunching sound effects it's graphic yeah and she falls to the ground totes deadsies (laughs) r.i.p and then Alaric is like hey everybody like where's my ring what the hell happened here I like that he knew to just murder Esther but he has no idea what's been happening for like the last 48 hours (laughs) That's what I was thinking. I was like, how long was he, like, observing the situation before he just, like, stabbed her? I mean, I guess he could see that she was trying to murder his fake son. So he was just being a mama bear about it. But it's very dramatic and very good timing. (laughs) So we leave that drama over at the tomb. And then we check in on Klaus, who, I guess, where are they? Are they, like, back at the school still? Yeah, they're still trapped, and they're hanging right. out by the salt line outside. Ah, uh, yes. So Klaus and Stefan are, like, kind of, like, reminiscing a little bit. But Klaus starts off by saying that it's actually Stefan's fault that all this shit is happening because he's the one <laughs> that released Esther from the tomb. Yep. Which, I mean, is kind of true, but, like, also I feel like it's a little bit of a jump, but... And also, Whatever. like, Klaus, you're the one who ripped her heart out of her chest and created the hotspot she's channeling all this power from. <laughs> right. So, like, if we really want to go back to the roots of this thing. <laughs> we could keep going back. Yeah. And A butterfly Klaus's- flapped its wings in, like, <laughs> the Chin Dynasty, and now we're here. Right. Exactly. And then Klaus starts, like, going on one of his emotional speeches again, and he's all like, you know, like, part of this chaos reminds me of the 1920s, back when we were friends. We were brothers. I don't know why exactly, but... Yeah, and Stefan's like, oh, yeah. you think I should have happy memories of that? And he's like, yes, we were, we had such a wonderful time. We were strange bedfellows, but we had true friendship, brotherhood. And then everybody's waiting for their entrance line in this episode, I swear, because Damon comes out and he's like, uh, he already has a brother and that's me. I'm his actual brother. Brother. (laughs) And I think Bonnie walks up and is like, oh, hey, uh, Esther stopped fighting me for some reason, so the barrier's gone. You can go. 
And right. Klaus like waves his hand over the line and is like, sweet, and he zooms away. Yes. But Stefan is a little classier and he takes a minute and he turns around to Bonnie and he's like, Bonnie, thank you like for everything. And Bonnie is like, like, I didn't do it for you. Hell yeah, Bonnie. Wow. Good for she you. She didn't do it like voluntarily. <laughs> no, she didn't do it for, <laughs> for any of those bastards. She did it for Jamie, if anybody, or Caroline. Yeah. To get him out. Yeah. So we see that at the tomb, things have calmed down because Esther's dead and can't fuck shit up anymore. But mm-hmm. Elena is hanging out with Alaric and Jeremy comes and is like, oh, Klaus dropped by and uh, took the stake. Or did he take the stake? No, he didn't know about the stake. He took Esther's body. He took Esther's body. <laughs> I knew he came yep. and took something. <laughs> stake, body, yep. whatever. Same death. Close enough. Yeah, and things start to get emotional because Jeremy and Elena are talking to Alaric and he lets them know that he's not going to complete the transition to become the original vampire. Um, And as we know, that means that he's going to actually die. Um, Mm -hmm. And he tells them that he was like just too dangerous as like a human with an alter ego that he doesn't want to become like a super killer vampire person. Yeah, and it's like, why is anybody surprised that he makes that choice? Because if he becomes this vampire, then he becomes the evil vampire hunter that is going to kill everybody in the main cast. So obviously, no, he's not going to let that happen, Jeremy. What the fuck is wrong with you? There's really no other choice here. Yeah, like, this is not a Bill Forbes situation where he's just, like, being a stubborn dick about it. It's like, literally, (laughs) if I let this happen, probably all of you are going to die at my hands. So I will let myself die now. It's, like, not a hard decision. (laughs) Although he's being very emo about it. He's like, maybe it's what I deserve after all the things I've done. Oh, right. I'm like, all right, I I guess you get to be emo right now. Like, this is justified, but also (laughs) calm down. Yeah. And then Jeremy, like, starts getting even more emo. And he's like, well, we're just not going to, like, lock you in here and, like, let you die. And then Alaric's like... Yeah, like we are. And then like he tries to like soften a little bit and starts to try and like give Jeremy like some fatherly advice or something. And Jeremy is like, listen, don't start giving me some crap speech about how I'm going to be the man of the house now. Because we all know I can't be because I suck. Yeah, but like also just like have a moment, Jeremy. Like you don't you have to like start being a little dickwad like now right like he's trying to say goodbye to you before his death and he like hugs him briefly and then storms away in his little suspenders yeah and then it's elena's turn to say this is all my fault (laughs) like everybody's blaming themselves yeah but she mentions the time that alaric was gonna leave and not live with them anymore and give back the ring and she forced him to stay and take care of them and many people refer to alaric having taken care of her and jeremy in these last scenes and i'm again like when what <laughs> right. care did he thinking, take of them he did yeah. nothing <laughs> he just crashed on their couch and got drunk all the time yeah exactly <laughs> but elena's very emotional she has a thing about her parents dying parents and guardians dying so it's not surprising but she says she forced him to stay and alaric's like taking care of you and Jeremy was the closest I ever got to the life that I wanted for myself. And I'm like, damn, that's sad. <laughs> Being Jeremy <laughs> Gilbert's dad was like the dream of your life. 
Wow, that is sad. Ouch. That is sad. Dream bigger, yeah. Alaric. <laughs> uh, but after he, like, finishes chatting with Elena one last time, he walks out of, like, the mausoleum, I guess, to kind of look around. And we see that, like, all of the, like, main characters are kind of, like, positioned outside of the tomb. And they're doing this, like, fancy, like, album cover stance, and it, like, slowly pans from, like, one person to another. So, like, Stefan and Damon are there. Caroline and Tyler are there as, like, a couple. Um, Bonnie. Bonnie? Yeah, I noted, like, when they pan to Bonnie, she has this kind of look on her face, and I have this kind of look in my heart of, like, what am I doing here? (laughs) Do I care? (laughs) Right. Like, did Bonnie and Alaric ever have any, like, one-on-one conversations? Not since he stopped being her teacher. Good Lord. Let us not forget about that. But that made me laugh. Yeah. And then we see, oh, right, Meredith exists. She's here, too. Okay. Oh, yeah, Meredith is front and center there. Yep. Like, and they reveal her last as though this is a big emotional thing because her epic romance with Alaric were whatever the fuck. And I'm like, okay. Sure. Again, the weirdest relationship that I have, like, no emotional investment in at all. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they got all those actors together in one place. They definitely had, like, a photo shoot for a page of the, like, official licensed Vampire Diaries calendar for that year. (laughs) Yes, for sure. And then we go back to the House of Klaus, where he takes a dagger out of Rebecca, and we see that Esther's body is now in one of the coffins again. And he just, like, has this big speech. Like, Klaus is having a lot of big emotional speeches lately. And this one, I'm like, you're literally talking to a corpse buddy. And he's, like, screaming at her, like, I lived and you died. You'll never get me. I'm like, yes, she is dead. She can't hear you. Right. Like, try and come back from the other side. I will always win. I'm good. You're bad. You're a loser. That was perfect rendition of his speech. It's so stupid. It is. And uh, his big line is, my survival will haunt you through eternity. And I guess, like, is Esther back on the other side now? Because she can't find peace. But Yeah, I don't know. Like, her curse is now just, like, watching Klaus for the next thousand years or whatever happens. I guess so. I don't know. But Klaus had some things to get off his chest, and he did. He sure did. And then Poor we, Rebecca is, like, probably slowly waking up and, like, oh, God, this is still going on. Yeah. Is Rebecca going to be fine after all that? Yeah, it takes a little while after. Because she's just daggered right now. So yeah. once he takes it out, it just takes her a while to wake up. Right. So she okay. should be That's back good. to normal, like, tomorrow. I wasn't sure if, like, or I wasn't sure if anything bad would happen after, like, Esther impersonated her body. I mean, she's going to have some more trauma. And yeah. even bigger mommy issues. <laughs> uh my girl yep poor rebecca we'll see i don't really remember what happens with rebecca in the rest of the season aside from some broad strokes so we'll see what happens sounds good but then we go and see bonnie and jamie um and i think that he's like dropping her off like at her house after the dance um, we finally gotten some answers as to where and with whom does bonnie live i think this is the first time yes. we've ever seen bonnie's home You're since right. grams died because i'm assuming it's not the same place she lived with grams but it's established yeah. she lives with her dad now yes but he's out 
Yeah, he's out of town. <laughs> so Jamie's all like, Bonnie, like, thank you so much for protecting me. And this line was like so heartbreaking. Bonnie replies, apparently it's just what I do. You know, she just seems like so defeated in that moment with that mm-hmm. response. Yeah, because it's literally all that happens is just anytime somebody needs a fix, just drag Bonnie out of whatever life she's trying to have in this moment. And she helps yeah. everybody save the day. And they're like, thanks, Bonnie. But we're not going to actually like care about you outside of this ever. <laughs> so know. we'll see you next time we're in trouble and need your amazing powers. Yeah. It's so sad. But then um, but Jamie least... says, like, oh, your dad's out of town, right? And I was like, oh, my God, is he going to be like, can we fuck? But then he says, are you going to be okay by yourself? Yeah, and she says that was no, nice. and they hug. And I was like, oh. I know. That was a really nice moment. Bonnie needed it. And she did. She needs a, a quote-unquote normal guy like Jamie to just be nice to her. Yes. I approve of this. <laughs> Something that I approve of is what's happening over at the grill where Jeremy and Matt have busted in, apparently. I mean, I guess they don't bust in because they work there slash own it, but it's closed. Um, And Jeremy and Matt are drinking a whiskey and toasting to Alaric, uh, who Matt calls Mr. Saltzman. (laughs) Oh, my God. There was like the way that they were shooting like their faces cutting back and forth. I was like, are they going to make out? Like, what's happening here? Yeah, I think they were, like, trying to show emotion or something. I don't know. But, yeah, Jeremy has, like, one single tear, like, slide down. Yes, they are sad and drinking about it, which is a good way to honor Alaric's memory, to be honest. It is. I was like, they're doing what Alaric, they're, they're doing what how Alaric lived. Yes. And speaking of how Alaric lived, we see Elena in his classroom <laughs> And the amount of weapons that she is pulling out of, like, closets and behind, like, the rolly down map thing yeah. is insane. It's like a mountain of weapons. It is. It's and so I funny. I didn't even realize he was still teaching at the damn school. Like, when? When was he teaching? When? when did he have time? Whenever he wasn't, like, drinking, he was just blacked out and murdering people. I know. We have not seen this, any evidence of this lately. But apparently he was at the school teaching, maybe, storing his weapons. Yeah. And Elena's very upset. She's clearing out the weapons and Stefan's like, hey, like, we can do this later. And she's like, no, I want to get rid of these before some janitor stumbles across them and realizes that the history teacher was a vampire slayer. (laughs) Like... Does the janitor just not clean his classroom while he's alive? Right. Is that how it works? Oh my gosh. But Who she's knows? trying to keep herself busy so she doesn't have to process the trauma of yet another parent figure dying on her. Yeah. And it's sad, I feel, for Elena here. But Stefan's like, listen, I'm going to come or bring you somewhere to have a symbolic and emotional moment. Okay, chill. <laughs> Yes, so he leads Elena into the empty gym, and he's like, Elena, do you remember this is the gym where Klaus compelled me to turn my feelings off, and it's like, when everything changed. Turn it off! Turn it off. (laughs) As we saw in many previous Leons. Yes, turn it off. And then Stefan like goes on this whole speech about how emotions are what make us human whether they're good or bad and elena shouldn't be like hiding or repressing hers right now 
um, because she lost Alaric. And she's like, all of this advice, like, really sucks. Like, <laughs> who gave it to you? And he's like, oh, you know, this girl that I used to date, which is a kind of a throwback to earlier in the episode when he was picking her up from the dance. Um, oh, yeah, because she was saying, yeah. like, I know a lot of crazy shit's happening, but we got to live our lives. we got to try to do normal stuff because that's what right. Stefan always used to tell her. Yeah. And it's cute. It was a cute moment. Like, I don't ship this, but... This scene with them is actually nice. Like, I got... It was. I had, like, tingles yeah. of emotion, which was confusing. I felt emotional, and, like, I was going to bring this up in Wire Men, but I'm going to just talk about it now because I might forget by the time we get <laughs> to Wire Men. Um, but I just feel like this is, like, a super, like, weird time for Stefan to seem to be trying to get back with Elena. Like, mm-hmm. I know that he's, like, trying to make her feel better, but I feel like there's a way to do that without being romantic. Yeah. It just reminds me of, like, when he showed up, like, after her parents died. Mm-hmm. Or, like, when he, like, acts, like, more as, like, her, like, caretaker or, like, person of stability, like, rather than her boyfriend. And I feel like he's, like, kind of worming himself in right now in, like, in a very emotional, like, vulnerable point for Elena. Mm -hmm. But I just think that he also might not know, like, how to act aside from, like, romantically with her. But it just, I don't know, it just seems like a bad time. It's, like, too traumatic. Yeah. On the other hand, like, going into this scene, what I expected to happen, because I didn't remember, was, like, mm-hmm. way shittier. It was like, oh, is he going to, like, make her slow dance in the gym right now? Oh, my like, God. That are they going to make out? But I feel like it was actually, like, kind of showing the things that make sense about them being a couple, that, like, they know each other really well, and, like, they have this history, and... It was just, like, illustrating what it is that there still is between them, despite everything that's happened. Okay. Like, I didn't expect to, like, buy into it the way that I did. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I was surprised by myself in my reaction to this scene. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I see. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. And, yeah, I guess I just, like, interpreted that, like, sense of, like, stability between, like, Stefan and Elena to be, like rooted in like creepiness um when it actually i mean it could be beneficial and it seems like it actually is beneficial for elena when she keeps losing all of the people in her life and she said in the past like that stefan like provides like stability for her because Mm -hmm. she knows that he's never going to leave her and like also never going to die right which is sad Yeah. yeah And it is a little telling that the reason that, like, I was pleasantly surprised by the scene was because my expectations for Stefan were so low that right, I was, like, sure yeah. he was going to pull some bullshit. And the fact that he didn't <laughs> made me be like, oh, okay, Stefan. Like, you didn't do the shitty thing that you normally would have done. Right. That's good. Yeah. But they have a sad hug. She says she doesn't have anyone anymore. And I'm like, you literally have a lot of people, but you're grieving. Yeah. I'll allow it. And he says, yes. you have me. So romantic. And speaking of romantic, we go back to <laughs> the cemetery forest and Meredith comes out of the tomb and she's like, so I gave Alaric a sedative so he'll fall asleep before like the dying thing happens. It's cool. He will go gentle into that good night. And by the way, you should go and like be with him. 
Yeah. I'm like, okay, so I've made my feelings on Meredith pretty clear in the past, but (laughs) at least she recognizes that the person who needs to be at Alaric's deathbed right now is not her. It's Damon. Right. So respect. Respect Meredith. Yeah. And Damon. I think that that was a good thing that she did. Damon's already drinking and he's like, he just wants to be alone. And she's like, no, he doesn't, you dumbass. Yeah, he's just saying that. So he heads into the tomb with his bottle of whiskey and Alaric's already feeling pretty groggy from the drugs. And he says, is this the part where you give me a dream of like rainbows and sunshine? (laughs) Because apparently one time when they were drunkenly bonding, Damon like talked to him about Rose's death. And I'm like, that's really sweet. Like, yeah, I know. This scene, actually, this is where I got emotional. I definitely, like, wept in this episode the first time that I saw it. Like, it didn't hit me as hard this time just because I guess I have more baggage now. But Mm -hmm. I was very invested in, like, Alaric and really rooting for him through this whole situation in a way that is not possible for me now because of fucking Matt Davis. Yeah. And his real life shittiness. But Mm -hmm. I definitely remember crying a lot at this. Yeah. Like, I was getting super emotional because, like, they start having like their little banter back and forth. So like they talk about the dream and Damon's like, Hey, like, I'm really sorry that I killed you twice. And you know, they're just kind of joking around and Alark's like, Oh, it takes me like literal actual dying for you to like get an apology. And Alaric has like some tears streaming down and ugh, it yeah. was, it was sad. And Damon's like, Hey, let's drink one more time for old time's sake. And Alaric says, you know, I've been thinking of cutting back. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's dying, but he's got quips. I like that. Yes. Yeah. But they share a drink. Like the true bros yeah. that they are. And then Alaric seems to fall asleep. Yeah. And he ain't going to wake up from that nap. And Damon is very sad. He is crying. Yeah. Yeah. And he's also quite drunk. The bottle is empty now, even though they've only been drinking it for like what we saw of like 45 seconds. Yeah, they chugged it. It was like half full. Yeah. It's crazy. So then we leave the guys in the tomb and we go over to Bonnie's house um, and we see that she's kind of snuggled up with Jamie and they're sleeping in the bed. Um, and it's really creepy because we have a moment where Esther walks into the room and she's like, Bonnie, your sisters need you to finish what I started. Bonnie. Your sisters. (laughs) Your sisters. Um, And then it's confusing because it seems like that that was a dream sequence because Jamie like kind of like wakes her up and says that she had like a bad dream because she was like, I don't know, talking or something in her sleep. Yeah. But clearly something fucked up is happening. Yeah. Uh, but we go back to Damon and Alaric and Damon looks at Alaric like, oh, he's dead now. So I'm going to go and have some emotions. So he drunkenly stumbles out of the tomb and runs into Bonnie. And he's like, what are you doing here? I'm drunk. Yeah. And she is clearly in some kind of trance, like back when she was possessed by Emily Bennett. <laughs> In season yes. one, and she gives him a lot of aneurysms. Oh, just yeah. as, almost Bad like headache. an afterthought. <laughs> she st- goes into the tomb. She takes the super steak, 
and like really stabs the hell out of her palm with it. I know. Oh and my gosh. force feeds her blood to Alaric, who is not quite dead yet. And he gets his very first face boner and drinks the fuck out of her. Yeah, that did not look safe. No. Like, is Bonnie okay? I don't know, but Evil Arc has risen again, and now he's an original vampire, apparently. So that can't be good. And he's got the super steak. Oh, yeah. Oof. We're not in a good spot for next episode. There's only two episodes left of the whole season. Oh, my gosh. I'm, like, not ready to watch next week's episode because I won't be able to understand all of the things that are going to happen in it. I genuinely have no idea what happens in the next episode. I know what happens in the finale, but next Uh week I have no recollection. Like, there are things that I think might happen in the next episode that might also be next season. So I'm curious to see if I'm right. Interesting. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, that is the end of the episode. Wow. Yeah. I just hope that Bonnie is okay. And if they kill off Bonnie without killing off Alaric in this situation, I will not be okay. I don't mm, think they will, noted. but if there's a if there's a chance that it's going to happen, somebody's got to let me know because I need to be mentally prepared before I watch next week's episode. I couldn't spoil you if I wanted to because I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, Sounds good. So I really wish that I could have watched this episode with you because I would have loved to see how you reacted to the end. So please paint me a word picture of what was going through your mind. And were you screaming? Were you jumping up and down? I wasn't screaming. So I was actually watching this episode on my laptop because I was watching it while Harrison was here. And he um, was watching like the big TV. So he's always like, Mama, are you watching Vampire? And I'm like, (laughs) yes. And he's like, that show's too scary for me. And I say, yes, it is. Because I tell him that he can't watch it because it's for grownups. And at some point, I must have said it was scary. Or, like, I I try not to tell him that things are scary because I don't want him to be scared. Mm-hmm. But he, like, always, like, knows that he, like, can't watch Vampire. So I was, like, watching it on my laptop and he was watching something on the TV. Um, but... So there was, like, no screaming going on, but I definitely did, like, some face journeys multiple times, like, through this episode. Like, when Bonnie, like, came out, I literally was just, like, sitting, like, with, like, my mouth, like, open. Just, like, what is happening right now? I, I, like, couldn't believe that it ended like that. I thought that Alark was going to die, and I had, like, made peace with it, honestly. Like, at the end of the episode, I was like, all right, like, we had the nice moment with, like... David, like good night my friend like it's it's done but no that i was really surprised at the last couple of seconds of the episode he definitely raged against the dying of the light i'll tell you that much yes that is true uh that listeners true. i just have to tell you that you're really missing out that you have not heard beth's adorable son saying vampire which yes he pronounces as vampire vampire it's <laughs> maybe i'll cute. take a clip and add it to an upcoming episode it's a little, a little so nice really moment. our podcast should be called the vampire vampire wait no the vampire <laughs> diaries diaries i couldn't remember which word you say twice <laughs> the vampire vampire, vampire, vampire. <laughs> oh i like that too <laughs> You know, if only he had been allowed to peacefully die, we could really say he died as he lived, drinking with Damon. Yeah, I know. But instead... Esther had to fucking ruin everything with her sister's bullshit. I know. 
So I'm guessing, like, Bonnie was, like, completely, like, taken over and, like, didn't know what she was doing. Yeah, she was clearly not in charge of her body in that moment. Right. But who made her do it? Esther? Like, the witches? Yeah, it seems like it was a message from the other side. And I feel like it was Klaus screaming at Esther's corpse that, like, gave her the power to come from the other side to possess Bonnie. Like, that's my my God. That's my theory. It's what pushed her over the edge. She's like, I gotta stop this shit. She's like, oh, your existence will haunt me through eternity? Hang on a second. Hold my beer, ghosts. Yeah. (laughs) Hold my ghost beer. Hold my ghost beer. So it's all Klaus's fault. I like that theory. And it makes a lot of sense. (laughs) So since I don't remember what happens next episode, what do you think is going to happen next episode? Oh, my God. I don't know. I, I like cannot predict anything in this show like if i like have an idea like that character is like gone (laughs) like 20 other things have happened um like i know it's not the end of the show so i know that alaric doesn't kill all of the originals because that would mean that like everybody's dead and the show would be over that would be a really Um, bold move it would it would be a really bold move (laughs) I mean, maybe, maybe, and then they, like, start from scratch. I don't know. (laughs) The Vampire Diaries, the new class? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like, so the dagger is floating around somewhere. It's at the tomb. The stake. Yeah, sorry. The stake. Because Bonnie used it to puncture her palm to fetal arc. Right. So it's in the room with him. If somebody could get their hands on that, they could kill Alaric and prevent all of this from happening, mm-hmm. which seems like the most likely scenario. So it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> um, but there's probably going to be some other like mystical excuse for like why Alaric can't finish his task. Maybe. Sorry, I'm just like, I'm just going. Do Maybe it. what will happen is that his humanity will kind of like rise within him and he won't actually become like the vampire hunter full of extreme hate. Um, that's looking a little bit on the bright side, but it wouldn't surprise me because Alaric's one of our one of our good guys, even if he can't take care of people or <laughs> be a responsible adult. Yeah, he's a white hat. Yeah. All right. I always love your theories. <laughs> uh, they make no sense, but neither does the show most of the time. So that's okay. <laughs> but one thing that always makes sense is that people have to get punched in the face. They do. Who you want to punch ask you? Oh. I want to ask you first this week, Claire. I feel like I always go first. So who do you want to punch? Okay. It seems a bit predictable, but I'm pretty sure this is her last appearance on the show. Uh, according to imdb trivia at least (laughs) so i am going to punch esther goodbye yes she's died many times in this show but this one seems like it's gonna stick even if she can like project herself from the other side Mm -hmm. uh yeah esther sucks she sucked in life she sucked in death she turned lark evil she really fucked with rebecca who just wanted her mommy to love her Everything she did was fucked up. Like, the only good thing she did was possibly make Matt and Jeremy shoot each other, which, like, (laughs) is only not fucked up because I don't like those characters. But, like, if it was any other two characters, then I would be like, yeah, fuck you, Esther. I know. That would be another punchable reason. (laughs) Otherwise. 
Yes. So, yes. Farewell, Esther. I hope you enjoy the other side and all of your sisters. And I hope I never have to hear about them again. That is an excellent choice and would have been my top pick. Oh, really? So I, fe- that- I feel like I knew who you were going to pick. Oh, really? Because hmm. I picked this person last week and I was like, oh, I'm going to let Beth pick them this time. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I don't remember last week. So <laughs> I, you dropped a hint for me and I, I'm not going to take it. Um, I guess it would have to be Tyler like usual. Is that who you picked last ding, week? Ding, ding, ding. Okay, good. Yeah. So... You did say, I fucking hate Tyler earlier, so I was expecting that to be pretty easy. Uh, I say that every episode. But yes, I do fucking hate Tyler. Um, He was... Just the fact that he, like, brought up the picture again was so insane. Like, so insane. And it just, like, reminds me again of, like, how, like, high school boys act and, like, how possessive they are and how they can read so much and take, like, so much meaning out of a weird-ass situation like the drawing. Um, I also feel like he... I don't know. I just feel like he, like, keeps putting Caroline in these, like, situations where, like, she has to, like, apologize and, like, make him feel better and, like, really, like, tend to his needs. Mm -hmm. And I just don't like that Caroline has to spend her time doing that because it's such bullshit and she shouldn't have to because Tyler shouldn't give a shit that, like, Klaus is, like, lightly flirting with her, which is, like, basically all that's happening. Yeah, she's, like, having to apologize that... For, like, somebody else's feelings when she has done right. nothing. Like, yeah, when she and Klaus were dancing, I don't think... She said, like, barely anything to him and none yeah. of it was good. Exactly. But now she has to, like, take care of Tyler about it. Yeah. Also, his fedora looked dumb as hell. Um, <laughs> and his stage makeup was a little cakey in one scene. So, boom. Punched. Tyler. Yeah, punched. Yeah, punched. It's a good choice. Thank you. I'm glad I I'm glad I made the right one. I was like, mm, <laughs> you fulfilled it's Tyler. the prophecy. <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh. So who you want to high five? Who do I want to high five? I know that I at a certain point when we were talking had somebody I was sure I was gonna say, but I now have completely forgotten. So I need you to go for go first. Yes, it's an important <laughs> decision. I think it's hard because the person that I want to pick, I feel like I can't because of how the episode ends, but it's also outside of her control. So Mm. I'm going to pick Bonnie. Yes. um, Because I feel like she really needs like the emotional support of like a friend in her corner, giving her a high five that also isn't asking her to do some sort of like mystical activity that takes a lot out of her and requires her to take care of everybody else around her. Um, I was hesitant about giving her the high five because she like comes and turns Alaric, but I will think that that is not really Bonnie and it's just the power of a thousand witches or whatever the hell Mm -hmm. um, that's channeling through her and run by Esther. So yeah, yeah, I just feel like Bonnie really needs our support this week. And it was so heartbreaking that um, scene with what's his name, Jamie, (laughs) when she like, when she, says that she's just there to take care of everybody. Yeah. I also want to give Bonnie a hug. Yes. 
She gets the honorary Who You Want to Hug Rebecca Michelson Award for this week. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, how about you, my friend? Well, you made me remember who I wanted to pick, so thank you. Uh, I want to high-five Jamie. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. Because this is Jamie's story in this episode. He's bopping around in North Carolina. He calls the hot piece that he's been talking to and is not related to and says he wants to see her. She invites him to a dance in Virginia. He goes all the way to Virginia. He dresses in a costume for this decade dance at this high school. He goes and dances with Bonnie he meets Jeremy and isn't like a weird, jealous, possessive asshole about it when she finds out he's yeah. her ex. He's just like, oh, that's awkward. Okay. Anyway, like, I'm mature about this. I don't care about this little dweeb. Whereas any other male character on the show would be like, oh, do you still have feelings for him? Yeah. And then he thanked Bonnie for helping him immediately and without any mm-hmm. ulterior motives. He recognized that she needed somebody to be there with her and didn't try to make it sexual. And he gently spooned her while she had feelings. And I just feel like that is exemplary behavior all across the board. And I like it. Like he was giving the support to Bonnie today that she needs and deserves all the time. And I want more of that for her. So thank you, Jamie. Yes, You're barely you, a character, but you did all good things this week. You did better than all of the other main <laughs> characters in this show. All of them put together for Bonnie. Like, I could not tell you anything about Jamie as a person. Like, what are his interests and his hobbies? Like, but The only thing I know about him is that he knows how to chop wood, because that's, like, the only thing we've seen him do yep. in this whole series. <laughs> but, hey, he really uh, did write this episode. Yes. He was really the uh, exemplification of the opposite of our next topic. Right. Why are men? Why are men other than Jamie? Why are men not all like Jamie? That's a good question. I'm like struggling with why are men a little bit with this episode. I think like I talked about my feelings a little bit um, with the whole Stefan thing, but I think that you offered another perspective that made me look at it a little bit in a different light. I lowered the bar for you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Jeremy and Tyler were really carrying it on their backs tonight. And yeah. we kind of covered it pretty thoroughly during the recap. But mm-hmm. it's just like the typical bullshit for both of them of being like really snotty and jealous and weird and self-obsessed and... Jeremy's just, like, being a little brat about everything. And I'm like, there's some really serious shit that's going on right now that isn't about you. Right. And you need to just, like, be there for Alaric as he's, like, going to his death in order to save everybody. And, like, stop being such a dick to Elena about her having kissed Damon. Like, it's not your business. You cheated on Bonnie with a ghost, so do not throw stones. Right. I know. Yeah, it's, like, more of the same from those two two fools, for sure. And it's difficult, I don't know, like, to keep watching these, like, guys make the same mistake, like, week after week. And I know that we've only had Tyler and Jeremy back for literally two episodes, but I'm already, I'm already over it. Especially with the whole, like, Caroline, Klaus, Tyler storyline. It's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I feel like the Salvatores have been, carrying the torch of menness for a while Mm -hmm. while those two are out of town 
and like weirdly matt has been okay lately yeah and so them both just like barely they came in like a wrecking ball of toxic masculinity in this episode (laughs) they were just like we have been away for a while we need to really make our presence known yeah here we are we suck i need to make this about myself as soon as possible (laughs) yes how do i make this a woman's fault oh my god i know yeah, and uh, we're recording this on June 24th, so, like, we've just had the Roe versus Wade news, so we're really preoccupied by real-life Wireman stuff. Right. Which makes me I not want to think about it as much for the show, because it's also just, like, anything that happened on this vampire show is not on the scale of what has happened in the real world today, so it all seems a little silly. Exactly. I think that that's might be, like, why I'm struggling it, struggling with it, like, a little bit this week is because we have like so much larger challenges that we're dealing with um that are so impactful and distressing sucks yeah so let's give ourselves a little treat and not talk about this topic anymore for this week like we've been through enough who should have done it i pick um bonnie and jamie for sure I, as soon as I saw, like, them, like, dancing and, like, making out in the classroom, I was like, oh, I hope that this happens, like, for them mm-hmm. when Bonnie is ready and when she wants to. Yes. <laughs> yes. I liked their chemistry. And um, when you provided that, like, whole breakdown of, like, what Jamie actually did, like, for Bonnie in, like, this episode, I loved it. It was so romantic and it was really caring, uh, mm-hmm. which is so nice to see for Bonnie. So I'd like to see that caring extend to the sexual realm (laughs) i am always saying that about things yes (laughs) how about you claire who should have done it oh my god that was the obvious choice so (laughs) this one is hard this is a hard episode in the opposite way of like lately it's been so hard to find anybody who's a viable choice but i feel like i have a lot of options this week which is really weird oh okay so like obviously bonnie and jamie is a good choice yeah uh, obviously, Damon and Alaric, but I've said them so many times. Right, yeah. And I don't need to, like, revisit that. Even, like, a little bit Stefan and Elena. I was feeling their relationship more than I ever have before this week, but they're right. still not my choice. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that Matt and Jeremy should have done it at the Mystic Grill in the dark after doing their shots. Wow. Because I was feeling vibes from the way that that scene was shot. They're in a darkened bar drinking and, like, looking into each other's eyes, and Jeremy has a single tear rolling down his cheek. I'm like, just, you know, it's when somebody dies and you're like, I need to prove to myself that I'm still alive, so I'm going to just bang the nearest (laughs) body. That kind of thing. And then they never speak of it again. Yes, it would be... uh... (laughs) A, a tryst out of grief so Tyler would be so jealous he would forget all about the Klaus and Caroline situation because <laughs> he's he like would. my best friend and that boy that I kind of had a, a thing with earlier this season right <laughs> excellent choice Claire I dig it <laughs> oh man so another episode down we are so close to the end I feel like I've hyped up the end of the season to you so much I really hope it delivers it will. It will. There's no way I could be disappointed after this. Like, it's set up <laughs> for some crazy shit. Yes. We're going to love it. I can't believe we only... What did you say? Two left? Yeah. Wow. And I just have to warn you that season four is rough. Season four is not very good. Okay. So I feel like we're riding on the high 
right now and then suddenly it's going to plummet and that's disappointing but I think it's going to be really fun to talk about the shittiness of next season yes definitely that's half the fun for sure so season three we're almost done with you it's the season that took us over two years to recap wow uh so if you have anything that you'd like to share with us or ask us or tell us I guess that's the same as sharing with us, but you know, <laughs> synonyms. Uh, you can miss to follow us on Twitter at the VT Diaries. We're on Facebook at the Vampire Diaries Diaries. You can find us on Instagram. We are the underscore VD underscore Diaries underscore podcast. Um, and we also have an email where you can tell us our vocabulary words that we don't know the difference between tomb and mausoleum and grave. Um, that's the VD diaries at gmail.com. Yes. And as we announced last week, if you have made a donation to any kind of abortion fund or pro abortion charity of any kind, send us proof of your donation to that address and you'll be entered to win an exclusive piece of the vampire diaries diaries merch. Wow. A blessing that nobody yet has received in this life so it's a very exciting it's the opportunity of a lifetime do not pass it up support this noble cause because jesus fucking christ and that's all i have to say about that this merch will be genuine beauty maybe it'll be a t-shirt that just says great cities and big block letters (laughs) who knows we haven't decided yet but we have it it'll be something so good we don't even know what it is yet (laughs) yes we really need to uh brainstorm the best possible prize so stay tuned and stay safe out there do not let evil turf witches possess you from beyond the grave if you are going to have to choose between dying peacefully or murdering all of your friends i hope you make the right choice and i hope jeremy gilbert isn't there to make you feel like shit about it and just you know keep trucking he's a ripper